Everybody, welcome to Revved Up for Sunday. We are two-thirds of the clergy of St. Mark's Episcopal Church in New Canaan, Connecticut. I'm Peter Walsh. I'm John Kennedy. And I'm sorry Reverend Elizabeth cannot be with us today. As you know, this is a lectionary podcast, and we have Ash Wednesday. Now, not only do we have Ash Wednesday, this year we have Ash Wednesday and Valentine's Day falling on the same day. And I have to say, this is a cultural problem. We have all those people giving up chocolate for Lent, and Valentine's Day is major, major chocolate day. And also, we have a lot of people giving up food and fasting for Ash Wednesday, and going out to dinner is a major thing on Valentine's Day. In fact, it's the number two day of people going out to dinner. So, we are going to sort out all your problems here on Ash Wednesday. Let's go to the text. Hey everyone, Rob here. I just want to take a moment and let you know about a great opportunity to deepen your relationship with the Gospels this Lent, both in person and online. Beginning the week of February 11th, we're launching Revved Up for Lent, our small groups which we call Maranatha House Churches. These groups meet once a week for six weeks to discuss the latest episodes of our podcast. Feel free to bring your own questions and insights, or use the ones we've provided in our discussion guide. If you're unable to attend in person, we have a group meeting over Zoom on Thursdays from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time, running from February 15th to March 21st. Or if you prefer, you can download a discussion guide right from our website and start an in-person group with friends or other members of your own church. For those of you wishing to attend one of our in-person house churches, meeting here at St. Mark's, we have three options. There are two Wednesday groups beginning February 14th from 12.45 to 1.45 p.m. or 7.30 to 8.30 p.m. We're also offering an option for Saturday mornings beginning February 17th from 9.30 to 10.30 a.m. You can register at stmarksnewcanaan.org. We hope you'll join us this Lent, however you choose as we journey through the Gospels and wrestle with all our thoughts and questions that come up along the way. And now back to Father Peter and Father John. The text is Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 6, and then verses 16 to 21. Jesus said, Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your alms may be done in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and in the street corners, so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, For they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. 
But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust consume, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Okay, there we are. Here we are. What do you make of it? What do I make of it? Well, as always, a little bit of context, a little bit of situating this passage in, yeah. the, in the text from which it is taken is probably a good place to start. And I love your Valentine's Day connection, so I'm going to try to put a bit of a, a love spin on it, mm. uh, or a heart spin. And this is, of course, taken from the Gospel according to Matthew, and we are in the Sermon on the Mount here. This is the same text we get every Ash Wednesday, so this, this is not yep. news here. But this is, um, Jesus is, is partway through this, this great discourse, his greatest discourse, truly, uh, I would say, in any of the texts, except maybe perhaps the high priestly prayer. John 17. Interesting. And in this part of the Sermon on the Mount, he is reshaping the exercise of piety, uh, specifically regarding the practices of almsgiving, prayer, and fasting. And I would say that Jesus's message throughout the Sermon on the Mount is that piety or living faithfully, living in uh, living a life dedicated to God is about much more than external behavior. It is a matter of the heart. Mm. And that's what he's speaking to throughout the entire Sermon on the Mount. I think that's what he's talking about yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, the internalizing of the law yeah. in some sense. Yeah, John, really great context to get us started here. And again, I'm sorry Re- Reverend Elizabeth is not with us because yeah. she's a great lover of Ash Wednesday and this whole question that you're bringing up now. But I, I think that you're right on about that. And uh, we get that in some of this language. This is incredibly Hebrew language. Uh, and you'll notice in the, in the text that uh, Jesus, this is all about the Father, and Jesus is the interpreter of life with the Father. Uh, and uh, the Father is the hidden judge. The Father is all of these things, and Jesus is telling us the way it is. And we get that whole thing where uh, Jesus uses the word uh, to be seen, and the Greek word for that is the same word where we get theater from. And the hypocrites are actors. That comes from the Greek word for acting. So I think the question is, which of these theaters are we going to play out our life with God? Are we going to play out it on the theater where, uh, you know, the theater amongst our, our peers? Or are we going to play it on the theater with, with our God? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that's one of the, the, the great questions, I think, of the spiritual life is will those of us who, you know, really seek to pursue it fall into the trap of it being um, just another occasion to be seen by others and be approved of by others, therefore really canceling out um, any benefit, uh, true interior spiritual benefit that comes from uh, pursuing a, a life of, 
of the spirit, a life of, of piety uh, or doing righteousness, which is um, we, we get in our translation, the word piety, it literally means doing righteousness. Yeah. And I think, I don't, I don't think piety is a good word mm-hmm. to translate it. I mean, that yeah. the, the, the righteousness that, that Matthew as a Jewish pastor uh, speaking to, to Jewish people who have followed Jesus, which is the Matthean community and righteousness would be uh Righteousness is a very big word for Matthew, and it has to do with following the way to the divine in in action and in heart, both. Mm-hmm. And the word piety, uh, you know, just the thing about the pietists, the piety has almost by definition within it um, a, a, a yin and a yang or a, a both sides to so both the, the, the actions of the person, but also the, the, the sometimes seen actions. I mean, to call somebody pious... Uh, sometimes it's a great, beautiful thing. Like you might say they're very devout or to so- call somebody pious is an insult to mm-hmm. say yeah. they're showing their deeds right. so publicly that they're just a pain in the can. Yeah. You know, just really, ah. Yeah. 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 And, and Jesus is saying that, that the, the true way to um, worship the father is to uh, do so in secret. You know, when you give alms, uh, not only don't do it before others, but as he says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Like almost like, you know, don't, um, don't dwell on the fact that you're giving alms. Just, just do it or something like that. And, and when you pray, go into your room and shut the door. Uh, and, uh, your father who is in secret will, will reward you. Um, there's, there's this triple, uh, repetition of a secret and reward um, for each of these aspects of, of piety or, or doing righteousness, which I agree is the better translation, uh, giving alms, praying, and fasting. Um, yeah, it's 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 a it's it's such a challenging thing because we don't, at least when we're starting out, really always have much of a sense of like, well, what is this interior reward? Uh, that I, uh, that Jesus is talking about, that I'm supposed to be seeking. You know, it's not really tangible, like approval by others, um, but uh, it is the the thing that that Jesus is calling us to. Um, uh, just something about reward here that I think helps us get at this. There are two Greek verbs used um, when Jesus speaks of reward. So there's one type of reward that the hypocrites receive, the, the stage actors, as you said, and the reward that those who basically follow Jesus' instructions to do these things in secret uh, receive. And uh, the, the verb that is used for the reward received by the hypocrites is a peco, and it is a commercial term for giving a receipt for what has been paid in full. So it's right. transactional. It's between yeah, people. Yeah. Economic. Um, yeah, it's yeah. economic. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not what Jesus is calling us to. Yeah. Oh, wow. So there's so much in what you just said. So, so much. Uh, maybe we might just take, take some of those pieces and parts one at a time. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about the father who sees in secret. Why don't we just take that on uh, for a moment here? Uh, I think that it's a very interesting question. Uh, when I was a boy, uh, you know, something like this 
would have led to a kind of paranoia that God sees all things, even when I'm good or bad. And this led to a kind of accounting ledger of good and bad, which is my idea of what sin was as a child was that there was this enormous accounting ledger, you know, if you'd be rewarded like, oh, he was good or, oh, he was bad. And what did I think of the right of reconciliation or confession, which was my trying to, to wipe out the, 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 uh, the bad side of the ledger here. And I, I'm not so sure that's, you know, that, that sort of judgment thing uh, and is really gets to the heart of certain because you get into this this thing that God sees in secret. I, I think that part of what I've learned is from, um, oh, Thomas Keating, who has a beautiful, beautiful teaching about this, about about the hiddenness of God, that the, the God in secret is hidden, and that the hiddenness of God, you will receive these rewards. And when you get to the rewards, uh, again, I, I always thought of the rewards as a last judgment kind of question that uh, when the ultimate accounting was was done, you either either made it across the finish line with St. Peter or you didn't. And uh, I don't think that that's that's ultimately uh, particularly helpful. Maybe some people find that very helpful. I do not. That the rewards, I mean, when you get the, the, for instance, the when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and your father who sees in secret will reward you in secret. So the, 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 the room that I believe he's talking about here is to go into your inner room. It's metaphorical. Mm-hmm. Go into your inner room and then shut the door. That's your act of will, which is say, I'm going to close out the best I can, the outside world. And the hidden God will reward you, and that which you are rewarded with is the gifts of contemplative prayer, the gifts of divine union. For instance, I think that's a much better and livelier translation for for most people in the world, which is to say this is a call in some sense to contemplative prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, you know, anyway, yeah. just, the, just a, a thought on that. Yeah. I, I think that's right on. I think it is completely consonant with what you described as, as Jesus's interiorization oh, of yeah. the law. Um, just to maybe state the obvious for some of our listeners, but maybe not so obvious that Jesus here is being the new lawgiver, the new Moses, you know, giving yeah. a new law on a mountain, just as Moses received the first law on a mountain. That it is, you know, back to the heart, back to Valentine's Day, a, a matter of the heart, um, a, a paradigm that I find uh, helpful for thinking about this dynamic of um, the uh, the merely exterior and the interior is uh, a sort of a Jungian frame of you know Jung mapped the um, our ourself the the human being um, uh, the human psyche as a, a sphere or a circle with the ego self at the at the outer edge or on the surface which is the self that. I would say most people, at least in our Western uh, technocratic, you know, uh, contemporary culture, identify with. We feel like we are this person with um, cravings and plans for the future and a desire to be in control uh, and so on and to be rewarded. Um, But who we really are is in the center of, mm. of this sphere or circle. And that is what Jung termed the self with a capital S, like the great self. Uh, and I think this is, um, if not analogous, certainly very similar to Christian mystical conceptions of the soul that, as Meister Eckhart and others put it, is always in communion with God, that, that the soul is the ground of our being 
uh, and it is where the ground of our me- being meets the ground of being uh, in this, uh, you know, eternal communion and uh, the spiritual life. And I think the life that Jesus is uh, uh, showing the way to here is a matter of dropping down beneath the ego, not abolishing or banishing the ego, but relativizing it, putting in its place. Uh, Because when we're only at the surface level, at the ego level, we don't know anything consciously of the soul. We're we're, we're, uh, estranged from our own depths. And Jesus is showing us how to get in touch with in touch with our own depths. Yeah, that, beautifully said, and I love your your references there. I mean, Augustine said, um, "We are, uh, you know, we are what we are in the heart," mm. which is uh, he said that in the four hundreds that the center of our being is who we really are. And you're bringing it into the question, the center of our being is who we are. It's referenced in a sermon recently, in the divine gaze, uh, in the communion, the living flame of love in the, in the center of our soul, the Trinity, Trinitarian presence of the divine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that I think that the, the question of, I, I mean, here's what I think is really, really cool about this. That is if somebody is a person grows to grow, I mean, Tom. What you're, I'm here. I'm saying about Thomas Merton. I feel. I feel like I shouldn't be quoting Thomas Merton or referring to Thomas Merton because you're the expert here. But what Thomas, you know, what Tom was talking about was, you know, what he conceived of as the true self. Mm-hmm. That yeah. for us to become ultimately the who we areness and to be set free, we are to be set free to be the person who we are in the center of our soul or in our heart, and that when we are we are set free to be that person living in in reference with the divine presence well then we're super uber set free we're we're and that all the other stuff around the edges the ego stuff around the edges the relationships that which we spend so much of our life preoccupied by the pettiness of preoccupation about stuff that has no life where moth and rust destroy Mm -hmm. where we just die um, you, you know, we can waste our lives. And so maybe this is a call to don't waste your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, get right to the heart of the matter. Be who you are with the divine. That's mm-hmm. what this is about. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what Ash Wednesday and, and Lent are really about. They're not about uh, guilt. They're not about um, feeling, merely feeling remorseful for our sins, but they are about... Uh, being free, being set free from all this crap that yeah. holds us back. Yeah, I would like, yes, thank you for that. Nice nice choice of words here, too. I was on Moth and Rust, so you mm-hmm. want to hear my Moth and Rust thing? So this morning, I think, oh, we're having a podcast. Well, what am I going to wear in the podcast? You know, people are going to be looking at me. So I took out my favorite sweater, and look what happened to my favorite sweater. Oh, no. Can you believe it? There it is, Moth folks. and Rust. Moth and Rust. Uh, the moths ate my favorite podcast sweater. I'm so, so sorry, there it is. Peter, that Just is... like it says, Bambo, Gonzo's, Moth yeah. and Rust Destroy. What a so brilliant... now, now I got almost like my sackcloth and ashes sweater on here. You know, a little wool sweater. Actually, this sweater is very expensive, John. It was a gift. But anyway, you get the I, I idea. Like it. Yeah, yeah, thank you. That yeah, does thank you. Like but anyway, all, you know, it depends what we wear here. Really big deal. <laughs> but I, I think that really, you know, what you're talking about here is getting to the heart of the matter, which mm-hmm. is what you, was what the Sermon on the Mount is about yes. anyway. Yeah. It's about getting to the heart of the matter. And there are many, many, many uh, traps for those who are seeking that to get to the heart of the matter. And John of the Cross writes about this. Uh, and I can't remember if it's the, the Scent of Mount Carmel or in the... Uh, 
uh, Dark Night of the Soul, where he, he speaks about the seven deadly sins with reference to the spiritual life, mm-hmm. and and certainly some of the the seven deadly sins with reference to the spiritual life are exactly what Jesus is talking about here, which is you can you know turning devotion into piety so that you can be seen, which would be considered uh, you know a kind of a translation of one of those uh, yeah. one of those sins, and uh, and I'm just so struck by how much energy we can waste on trying to impress people. Oh my gosh, what an enormous waste of life energy. Absolutely. Unbelievable. Yeah. Shocking. Yeah, it is a shocking waste of of life energy because it's hard to uh, be in the front of the pack of that game. And if you are, uh, going back to Jung for a second, he said, the brighter the light, the darker the shadow. You know, often people who are the most successful and therefore very often the most invested in that game of having the polished image mm. um, are uh, uh, carrying around with them uh, an immense tangle of uh, inner conflict and tension and, and confusion. So you don't actually really want to be that. Um, <laughs> no, it doesn't sound good. I don't. That doesn't sound good. It doesn't sound good. Yeah. 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 Well, it's it's an interesting text for us to apply to our lives. Again, as I said at the outset, it's um, not just on the Valentine's Day piece, which I also think is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the whole questions around the Sermon on the Mount, the interiority of it, and and the 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 Hebrew life of this, the Jewishness of this text, and it's incredibly. Uh, I mean, fasting. Alms, giving, and prayer are the three primary spiritual disciplines of the Hebrew people. And in the New Testament, those are the three disciplines. Those are the only three disciplines that are talked about in the New Testament, too. Mm-hmm. And so we get Jesus commenting on those disciplines. And again, in the movement to the interiority, with the movement to set us free, take up your cross and follow me, yes. the, the Lenten thing. Right. And, and, um, and when you get to take up your cross daily, what the heck can that mean? And mm-hmm. that, again, has to do with the dying of this outer ego thing that you're talking about in the Jungian conception of the psyche. I'm glad you brought it back around to that because when I was talking about that and, you know, the, the relativizing of, of the ego, um, I mean, uh, you know, I, I think that's a fair way to put it, but if we're talking about this in Jesus terms and Christian terms, it doesn't quite put it strongly enough because as you said, Jesus talks about taking up your cross daily and following him. And, and we all know what the cross meant for Jesus. It was not merely a matter of like, getting perspective. It was a matter of, uh, of, of a, an actual death. Now, um, I'm not suggesting that's what it means for us, but it does suggest uh, a, a casting away of our outer shell uh, in some sense, maybe to get it back again, I would say, mm. um, in, in a more healthy, balanced way. But nevertheless, um, the way there uh, uh, does, I think, in Jesus's view uh, and in view of, of uh, our own Christian tradition involves some real renunciation and discipline, at least from time to time, such as in seasons uh, as as Lent. And uh, of course, Lent's reference point is Easter. Um, and and back to Thomas Merton, of course, you know the resurrection and, and the Paschal mystery. Uh, Thomas Merton, uh, in his liturgical writings, uh, is so eloquent and clear and emphatic about how all of liturgy and certainly the season of Lent is about entering into the Paschal mystery. Mm, mm. That's, that's what the whole thing that's is what about. It's, about. Yeah. it's being it's yeah. going down with Jesus and being raised up with him. Yeah, but we have to go down in some way. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Ash Wednesday is oddly popular. 
uh, I mean, Easter, right. Christmas, yeah, we and, were just talking and, and about that. Ash Wednesday, we were talking about this recent, recently. I mean, if you think about it, Ash Wednesday puts in front of you mortality. It puts a, <laughs> sin, repentance, mm-hmm. self-denial, repentance, fasting, almsgiving, prayer, judgment of God, and the thoughts of your own death. Why the <laughs> heck is this day so popular? This is the uncola. Uh, it, it is everything that seems that seems to be popular in the culture, and yet Ash Wednesday is a is a day of deep devotion for so, so many people. They may not roll that devotion out for 40 days uh, throughout the whole Lent, but on this day, this is a day where they, somehow the human condition seems to need, uh, have need of this, yeah. to be reminded of the ultimate ends of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's an amazing thing. I also, just before we finish up here, I just want to come to the end of the story here. Uh, I mean, this is the ultimate wisdom line here for where your treasure is there, mm-hmm. your heart will be also. And that uh, when Jesus is saying where moth and rust consume and thieves break in and steal, I already showed you my moth-ridden sweater. Uh, but also the, the word steal there, by the way, is crypto. I love that. Yeah. Uh, given all the crypto-ness going on in our world Indeed. today, that's where the word, uh, you know, we... Uh, Anyway, the, the yeah. crypto. And I do think that um, what Jesus is doing is this isn't a question of, 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 how, how, of how we are to live. And, and like the didache, mm-hmm. which dates from the same time period, yeah. another catechetical teaching. The Sermon on the Mount is a catechetical teaching. Catechetical teaching. And what is Jesus as, as almost like a guru, Indian guru here, uh, trying to awaken us to? He's trying to awaken us to the idea that if we are not careful, the outer world will steal our lives. Wow. And we wow. can live and die on the wrong stage. Yeah. Our oh, whole man. life can really add up to like, you have one of these. The odds of you being alive are infinitesimally small. Right. And you just wasted the whole dang thing trying to perform for other people. Yeah. And who cares? Because they don't ultimately care because they're busy doing their thing anyway. So true. And so this is really an awakening to do not waste your life. Mm-hmm. Don't waste your life. Get it focused mm-hmm. on living that 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 whole life of out of the heart with the heart of your heart, which is your Father in heaven. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. You got a last word? Rob's trying to get us to wrap up. We <laughs> promised we were going to keep this short and lent. Anything before we're all done? No, I, I just want to you know say amen to, to all of that and, and to really um, encourage you are our wonderful audience and you know speaking to myself as well to uh really take the the uh, thomas merton talked about the ashes of ash wednesday spiritual medicine you know really mm, take beautiful. the medicine follow the uh, the doctor's prescription jesus being the doctor here fantastic and, oh. um and we will all experience healing so as part of the that. spiritual yeah. medicine just want to give you some thoughts uh rob how about that piece rob did at the front of the podcast here uh about revved up for lent our uh maranatha house churches our small group ministry here you can go to our website and sign up for this if you have any questions i hope you'll call the church you also can call the voicemail here our warm line at 203-442-5002 so uh let's let's all take the medicine because it's good for the life of the soul we're going to get Reverend Elizabeth back for the first Sunday event. We missed her today, and we wish her well. So peace be with you. God bless you. And happy Ash Wednesday and happy Valentine's Day. 